Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. I am Mike J. He is my guest. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. And Mike, NXT, Vengeance Day. Uh, I'm going to use this term from you. It was a show. <laughs> but, man, it was a damn good show. Uh, yeah. It was pretty good. I don't have them in front of me. I know Melter gave some pretty do I want to say unmelter-esque uh, ratings let me see if I can find them here real quick uh, he, he's usually a lot more critical if it's not AEW or New Japan I mean I think we all can agree on this right yeah and he gave a lot of stars. Oh, I'm going to be so mad. I know what account tweeted it, and I can't find it. Oh, well. Uh, let's just say he graded this pay-per-view very, very well. Every match was above, a, I believe, a three and a half from Dave Meltzer. So, hey, pretty impressive. Anyway, Mike, what was your overall takeaway from Vengeance Day? I thought every match was good, if not great. I thought that everyone did a fantastic fantastic job telling stories in the ring and that ending man i don't know if you were able to completely avoid spoilers i told you to try i knew you watched it late yeah what you got man where where, where, what what are you thinking about it i was able to avoid spoilers um i'm like 50 50 on it um because on the ending or the show uh the ending you want to talk about the show in general i thought was a very good show um what i watched of it i i uh shotzi blackheart is an immediate fast forward for me um oh come on an immediate fast forward for me man as soon as as soon as her music hits it's a fast forward i can't i can't do it i can't she is cringe personified you're, you're breaking my heart. Um, and like, and like, I'm gonna be real. I'm the wheelhouse, right? For this type of character. Tatted up, smoking hot chick with green hair, rides a fucking tank, listens to metal, right? Like, my dick should be like rock hard over Watches this. horror movies, is in yeah, horror movies. Right? Like, I should, like, like, I'm the wheelhouse for this. But she's so fucking cringe, I can't deal with it. So, um, she's an immediate fast forward. But everything, oh, Mike. but everything else I watched was very good. Now the end, I'm fifty-fifty <laughs> on, because um, like wow, we're about to tell a great story. Um, especially if you watched NXT this week, like really interested where it's going. But um, man, I was looking forward to seeing the greatest faction since the Shield run roughshod over the fucking main roster. Now, yeah, I I understand exactly what you're saying. So it's not so much that it's not a holy shit moment. It's more of a holy shit and, oh, I didn't know. I don't know that I want this. Yeah. Well, that's how I felt. Honestly, like when the show happened itself, I was like, don't like this at all. Um, but then uh, the opening of NXT this week, I was like, OK, this is a pretty interesting story we're about to tell. Right, 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 and we're definitely going to get into that. Um, I, I thought this was probably. I know I say it a lot about NXT, uh, specifically takeovers, is what I mean. I know that they're usually pretty damn good, man. There's not a lot to criticize when it comes to a takeover. And I'm gonna say probably for a while we've been saying they're all fantastic you know, grade A shows, but this probably, man, top to bottom, bell to bell, match to match, I know you skipped the Shotzi win, but, like, there was not even a close to a bad match on this on this card. Uh, everyone delivered, everyone looked like they were uh, 
really trying and really putting every bit of effort that they had. Remember we had that discussion about, oh, I give 110%. <laughs> they were all at 100, man. They weren't they weren't shooting for that fake 110. They were just literally all at 100. Yes. And I really enjoyed the show. And the next night, or this, what we're going to get into, the NXT, I feel like, man, they just clicked into another gear. I don't know how much of the NXT show you saw, uh, but I feel like it's starting to get where maybe it hasn't been in a while. What do you mean by that? I People have kind of... Back, now, I thought oh, hold been, on. Let me take a guess. Back to focusing on wrestling and less on main roster-like storylines. I'm actually going to say a better mixture. Um, telling more compelling stories, but letting the majority of it be told in the ring. Mm-hmm. And the stories that are out there are... I don't want to say more wrestling-based, because that doesn't make sense. It's a wrestling show. But that's what I'm going to say. Like, a feud, a I want your title, or you talk shit to me, so I'm going to hurt you. That kind of thing. Yeah. Those were always, like, the best stories they told. And I, it does seem we're getting back kind of like to kind of a middle ground of that. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. We're going to get into NXT, but first, Mike, uh, something new that we're going to start uh, trying, see how it goes. Uh, we do our pick'ems. I was, of course, the champion from Royal Rumble, and I've been decrowned, uh, by George Spicy Spicer. And guess what, man? Here's what we're doing. If you win the pick'ems, you're not just getting a shout-out. You get a chance to record your own promo. You can talk shit. You can throw the former champion under the bus. You can say whatever you want, of course, within some kind of reason. Like, no racist shit. We don't deal with that. You but could other tell, than that... You could tell Joe to go fuck himself. You can say, fuck you, Joe. Fuck and you, Joe. You I actually say. have to credit Joe because him... him talking on PWE about us giving a prize actually made me think of this. So, here it is, your Pick'em's winner. It's your boy, George Spicer here, telling you to watch out for the new Pick'em champ, myself, the That's a Raven of pro wrestling predictions. He can see into the future. You should be worried, everyone. I'm here to stay and predict so many things. You want me to do the lottery numbers? I'll get on that for you. Watch out. What'd you think, Mike? <laughs> I mean, it's simultaneously the best and worst promo that's ever been on this show. Because he's the first. Because he's, he's the first. I'm not saying it was awful. I'm just saying he was the first. No. So he's the best and worst. Next month... It's next, the best. Next pay-per-view, he's got a real chance to become either the best or the worst. Exactly, exactly. And, and like I said, sometimes your first time isn't always the best time, but it's always memorable, right? If you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I do remember her <laughs> lifting her ass up so I could pull the pants off. You'll never forget that. If you're listening All to this right. and you're a virgin... You will not remember a lot about your first time as you approach 40. Um, but you will never forget the moment she lifts her ass up off the bed so you can pull her pants off. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't disagree. Okay, uh, let's get into it. NXT, Wednesday night, Wednesday night wrestling. Uh, the opening, man, you kind of commented on it. Did you see the whole show or just bits and pieces, Mike? Um, I saw, I don't know, like half of it. I watched like the first half. I got off work early last night, so I watched the first half of it while uh, waiting on WandaVision to drop. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so the show opens with Kyle O'Reilly coming out to the ring. He is doing a promo. It's a decent promo. He's basically saying that he wants answers. Uh, Balor 
eventually comes out. I'm sorry. Roddy Strong uh, comes out to explain that Cole didn't mean what he did. <laughs> he, he didn't mean to do what he did and didn't mean it the way that he's taking it. Uh, Balor, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Balor's out there. I, I could have this all mixed up, but Balor blames uh, Kyle for setting this all up. Like, they, no one can trust anybody. It, it is the basic point of this. And of course, while all of this argument and arguing and confusion and all of this goes on, then Pete Dunne, Ernie Lorcan, Danny Burch come out and jump the three of them. So, if we follow the typical pro wrestling formula, we're going to have a main event six-man tag between these uh, six gentlemen, correct? Oh, I mean, obviously. I mean, and that's what we obviously. get. So that's our main event set for the night. It, it's going to be Dunn and the NXT Tag Team Champions, uh, Lorcan and Birch, against Roddy Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Finn Balor. So tensions will be a-brewing. Uh, we then get an update from William Regal that Santos Escobar is refusing to fight Karrion Cross tonight. Uh, Escobar sent a video in saying, can't fight me if I'm not here, and he left. Uh, so... That was also kind of tied in with the opening segment. So I don't know if there was a reason for that other than storyline. Maybe they felt like that should be a main event and the sixth man should be a main event and they didn't want to overshadow either one of them so they cut that one. I don't know, but either way, we're getting that match next week. Uh, We also, of course, get a promo later from Cross and Scarlet saying... uh, this is not a move you want to do, and uh, you're going to get hurt <laughs> either way, so, you know, time's up. All right, we go into the next match, which is Mike's favorite wrestler, Shotzi Blackheart, teaming with Ember Moon to have a rematch against The Ways, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. This was, it's funny because their match last week for the to qualify for the finals of the Dusty Classic was absolutely fantastic. And I was like, well, yeah, it was great, but why are we doing it again? Well, here's why we're doing it again, Mike, because we're furthering the story uh, with Austin Theory being kidnapped by Dexter Loomis at uh, Vengeance Day. So, (laughs) if you weren't paying attention, and I actually missed it live, uh, while Johnny was walking to the ring at Vengeance Day, uh, Dexter Loomis showed up from behind, put a rag (laughs) over Austin Theory's mouth, and drug him away. Clearly to do what to him, Mike? Oh, he's going to rape him. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the conclusion we've come to. Uh, It's super weird to me that this guy's a face. And his gimmick is is kidnapping and probably raping people. My wife calls him the creeper and also wonders the same thing you just said. Why is he a good guy? Uh... So, anyway, they have a decent match. Uh, Bleacher Report gave it a B-. I'm going to agree with that, only because the way it ended, I mean, clearly was a storyline ending. Uh, This white creeper van pulls up during the match on the outside. Uh, Of course, they're distracted. Johnny Gargano, who was on commentary, goes out to the back. And he comes in with Austin Theory. Uh, Almost looks like he's wearing swimming trunks. He's got a bag over his head. His feet are tied up. His hands are tied up. He's hopping, so apparently Johnny didn't have a way to cut these ties off of him, which is hilarious. Uh, I really love this whole heel gimmick we got going on with Johnny Gargano and the way and all this stuff. Um, It was weird because they didn't really explain anything out of this. I mean, I know there's going to be more story, clearly. Uh... But, yeah, they didn't really elaborate on it. And they, the, uh, Gargo, I'm sorry, LeRae and Hartwell kind of just, LeRae goes towards Theory and Gargano, and Hartwell gets pinned. And they kind of don't care, which I guess makes sense, because they just got their friend back who was probably kidnapped and brutally raped. So I guess in, in recapping this, no, it does make sense. The ending was fine. I don't Because uh, they walk away and they all hug and, you know. I'm going to be real. I don't think Dexter Loomis brutally rapes you. I think he, like, in his mind, he's making love to you. <laughs> He gently makes love to you he's against gen- your will. He's, he's gently raping you. 
That's fair. That's fair. Next, we get a promo from Pat McAfee. He's uh, on a jet airplane, and he's basically telling everyone, you owe me an apology. I told you Adam Cole was an asshole. <laughs> I thought Which it was is hilarious. A, a really good promo, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. And as a matter of fact, my wife says, man, he seems like a jerk. I said, that's the point. Okay, uh, let's see. So then, next, we get Swerve Scott versus Leon Ruff. Uh, again... Short match, uh, with, with a lot of stuff going on, if that makes sense. And ends with, uh, Ruff actually getting the surprise win. And then, of course, this leads to Swerve looking shocked. He's still kind of doing this heel angry gimmick. Uh, sh- reaches his hand out to shake Leon Ruff's hand. And then proceeds to beat the ever-living shit out of Leon Ruff. So, we're furthering that, furthering the idea that Swerve's a bad guy and that Leon Ruffs get these can get these victories out of seemingly nowhere, so I'm all for it. Alright. Moving on. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter are in a match against Robert Stone Brands, Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea. So during the match we get a little uh beginning of the match we get a little promo, inset promo where Casey and Caden are talking about Zia Lee and how they want to help her, and this isn't you, and blah, 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 from the confrontation of last week. So while the match is going on, uh, Zaylia and Boa come out, and uh, Casey ends up, wa- after they get the victory, uh, Casey ends up walking up to them, Caden tries to hold her back, Zaylia grabs Casey's hand, wipes something, like, I mean, I'm assuming it was paint, but it might have been charcoal or whatever it was supposed to represent, with two fingers across the top of her hand. I believe she said, next week I purge you. I could be wrong. Yes, and it says this right here in the writing. She would purge her next week. So, um, if Zia Lee is going to mark people for death, I think this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fucking sweet. I did like that a lot. <laughs> Bleacher Report gave this a D, and I don't understand that at all. Because, like I said, like we're marking people for death, for a beatdown, whatever. It's fucking cool, dude. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. So next we get the presentation of the Dusty uh, Cup for the both the men's and women's. They they it's one trophy. They're keeping, uh, they, it's a nameplate, so it's like the Stanley Cup. Uh, so they're putting both teams on there now. Uh, pretty smart the way they did it. Anyway, um, I thought this segment was great. Again, Bleach Report gave this a D. I don't think it was a D at all. I mean, at worst, maybe a C plus, but I'd give it a solid B, B minus. But anyway, uh, both teams come out. MSK does their thing. Uh, they, Opened the ropes for Beth. Or was Beth already? I think Beth was already in there. Sorry. Uh, but they come out first and they celebrate, and then they open the ropes for Dakota Kai or Kyle Gonzalez. I guess just showing that they're the consummate gentlemen and how super babyface they are. Uh, and the they get a chance to give their promo, and while they're giving their promo, who comes out but the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler? And no shit. Yep, so they get in the ring to confront uh, Kai and Gonzalez. And while this is going on, MSK are huddled in the corner with Beth Phoenix eating popcorn. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so, they uh, it's a promo, man. I'm not going to go over it word for word. I will say this at the end of the promo. Uh, Nia Jax explains how... When Dusty, when she was here and Dusty was here, Dusty said something to the line of, you're big, you're beautiful, and you're powerful, or something like that. I'm probably destroying that. And basically, Raquel Gonzalez says, that's because he never met me. Uh, Which was a pretty, pretty strong line. And then she also finishes by saying something about, she's going to take that boot and shove it right up her hole. Which the Ooh. crowd popped. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're milking the, the whole line, and I don't blame them. Uh, so yeah, we then move into Kushida versus Tyler Ruff. I'm going to be honest with you. I was really tired when I watched this match, and I may have dozed off a couple times. Um, 
Kushida gets the win in what was a very decent match. They gave this a B. I think I'd stay with that. Uh, I will say Kushida looked a little tired, and it might have just been me being tired. So I can't blame him. He also wrestled 25 minutes against Johnny Gargano on Sunday, and they basically tore the house down, so I'm not going to complain. Uh, Malcolm Bivens, who is managing Rust, actually called for the tap uh, once Kushida <laughs> locked the uh, armbar on and told Rust he's protecting his investment. Let's not worry about it. Man, this is a jam-packed episode, Mike. We then get the debut of Zoe Stark. Uh, she actually wrestled in the Dusty Classic, but this is her singles debut. Um, she went against Valentina for Rosa. I'm not sure. That's a new signer, signee. I'm not really sure who she is either. Uh, this chick, it wasn't just a straight squash, you know what I mean? But she... Stark shithouse, this girl. Uh, looks very, very promising. I'm excited to see uh, what's in the future for uh, Zoe Stark. Uh, so then we get to our main event, Mike. And we have the six-man tag. Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, Danny Burke versus Finn Balor, Kyle Riley, Roddy Strong. Alright, so the match was very, very good, but let's be real here. This is the story part, right? So, I'll just skip and go right to the end here. So, uh, Finn Balor got the tag from O'Reilly, and there's, you know, a big kind of just brawl between Dunn and Balor, and then the a brawl, the brawl breaks out on the inside. Strong comes over to save O'Reilly from Birch and Lorcan. Uh, referee gets taken out in the chaos. And Adam Cole appears and takes out O'Reilly, gives him a brain buster on the steel steps on the outside, and then he disappears. Uh, and then, in all the confusion, Balor actually catches Strong with the Pele kick, and Dunn takes advantage of that and uh, hits Balor with the bitter end and pins the champion for the win. So... As Balor is kind of watching them celebrate their victory and trying to figure out what the hell happened in the confusion, how he kicked Roddy, how he got picked up for the bitter end, uh, he goes to pick up his title and he gets super kicked from a reappearing Adam Cole out of nowhere. And then Adam Cole picks up the championship, glares at that, glares at uh, O'Reilly, and we go off the air. Hmm. All right. So we're definitely heading towards a triple threat. I mean, it seems like that's what they're setting up for. Uh, Roddy Strong feels like the poor kid that's watching mom and dad fight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Really, really, really fantastic episode. Another good way to end it. And I want to get into that ending a little bit more, but we're going to take a break, come back and talk about TNT wrestling, and then we'll circle back. How's that sound? All right. Hang tight. We will be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you got to put me on the spot like that? Man, no, time? come on. Tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Quick, quick. Use it doesn't balls. matter Use what your balls. favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Why don't you join me, the Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. (laughs) Typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. 
All right, Mike, what happened on the other channel, sir? Um, before we get to that, I just want to say, like, I think we really undersold how good of a job um, Kyle O'Reilly did with that opening promo. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was one of those where you just, he didn't overdo it. Like, it he was... came out and been just furious, screaming, yelling. It was like he was really confused he... to Con... why his real-life friend did this to him. Right. And he didn't, he didn't want to yell and scream. He just wanted damn answers. And I also especially enjoyed the part where Roddy came out and he was like, Roddy, I'm telling you, you do not want to get in this ring right now. Yep. Yeah, like, like I love that. How he was like, "I love you, but I'm telling you, man, if you get in this ring, it's gonna be bad." Which I, I, yeah, I just, no, I totally. love that they're like expanding on Kyle O'Reilly as a character. He's got the talent to be, I don't know, one of these building blocks. They look at Adam Cole as. Um, talking about a yeah, former Ring of Honor champion, the dude can go, man. Like, uh, he just needs time 300%. to shine. Anyway, on the other channel, let me tell you what happened on the other channel, Mike. Let's do it. Uh, hold on, I got this text about this confirmation to fix my fucking chip tooth. Oh, boy. Yeah, they can't even Call get back. me in until fucking March 15th. March fucking 15th, I gotta walk around looking like white trash for a fucking month. With my tooth chipped right up front. Thank God you got to wear fucking masks everywhere right now. Thank fucking God. <laughs> so. Oh, that's ridiculous. We open with Hangman Page and Matt Hardy taking on the Hybrid 2. Uh, Jack Evans and Angelica. Um, again, I'm still on this where, like, I absolutely love everything about Angelico except for, like, everything about him. Um, like, in the ring, I'm, like, completely fascinated by this guy. Everything else he does, I'm like, holy fucking shit. This is the worst presentation a wrestler could possibly have. Um, <laughs> this was a sloppy, disgusting, ugly match. Uh, hold on, let me see what Bleach Report gave it. An A. A fucking A. A fucking A. The only person I saw in this I match, saw the one move where I don't know who waited for the other one, but it was bad. Um, this match, the only person in this match, like uh, this match to me was like the match where I was like, "Oh, Matt Hardy does need to retire." Okay, and the hybrid <laughs> too, like Hangman Page was the only one that didn't look sloppy in this fucking match, like at Oof. all. This was very. Very gross-looking match, man. Just shitty and sloppy all around. Anyway, um, so last week, you know, Hangman Page got accidentally tricked into signing a contract for Matt Hardy. It turns out he didn't really sign a contract. He traded out a contract. Matt Hardy's for his own. Uh, it turns out Matt Hardy signed a contract to wrestle Hangman Page at the next pay-per-view, and if he loses, 100% of his quarterly earnings will go to Hangman Page. <laughs> okay um and then there was this dumb thing where it was like this is like a dumb wrestling thing that i think we could move away from in modern day uh wrestling fandom and that is so um the face doing the right thing so hardy's like well why don't you put a hundred percent of your quarterly earnings earnings up to match mine and page is like okay because he's a good guy, right? But, like, no. Sometimes it needs to be like, no, fuck you, you evil piece of shit. This is what <laughs> you get. And we don't do enough of that in wrestling. It's like the good guy has to be the good guy and make it even. But, like, that's not real life, kids, if any kids listen to this. Man, if there's an asshole and he's fucking you over or trying to, like, fuck him back, man. And, like, when he's like, why'd you fuck me? Be like, because you're a fucking asshole. When they're like, can we make it even? No. You're a fucking asshole, and you've been trying to fuck people over, and now you're fucked, you fucking fuck. Because that's real life. That's what I'm doing right now at my job. They don't know it, but I'm leaving. Fuck these people. I hate them. Um, I say that now, but I've said that on, like, a hundred episodes of this show, so. 
Um. Anyway, Paige and Hardy won. It was a terrible, shitty, sloppy match. Um. Then <laughs> Mike had a lot of fantastic returns in the year 2020 into 2021. Right. Huge, big returns in wrestling. But I don't think any as big as this return we had tonight, Mike. No? No. The return of the second best women's AEW champion of all time, Rio. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so Rio came back and uh, beat Serena Deeb. Uh, Bleach Report gave this an A+. I'm not going to give it a fucking A+, but it was a pretty solid match because I watched it. You know, I normally don't watch AEW women's matches, but Serena Deeb's solid, man. She's fucking good. Been enjoying her work. And, you know, Riho's coming back, so it's a big deal, you know. So, like, I got to watch it because it's a big deal. I personally still think Riho is ass, but it was a big deal, <laughs> so I had to watch it. Um... Bleacher Report called this a match of the year candidate. I call this a very good women's match. Riho gets the win in the return, although I was hoping that they would give Deeb the win. But, you know, um, the person that runs the women division doesn't have a white girl fetish. <laughs> well, you said uh, it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Orange Cassidy squashed Luther. What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, not even, like, squashed him, man. Like, it was a fucking squash. Like, Luther got some offensive, right, because he's big and he had to, you know, and that's, like, Orange Cassidy's gimmick is coming back from that. Um, But he fucking squashed Luther. Team Taz, uh... Hold on, let me... I, I got a question for you. Yeah. So... Uh, was... was I don't want to... I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question. But were there... Was there any... Uh, anything with... Uh, just Chuck Taylor was out there with him, right? Yeah. No, there's nothing was, with Miro. No. Was Blonde Rusev not involved? No, there was nothing involved in any of it. So we're just done with that? Um, I don't think so. Maybe we'll talk about it more. Maybe we won't. <laughs> okay. Right. Just wondered. Maybe we'll talk about it more next week. Um, <laughs> so Team Taz came out, um, to address Sting, called out Sting, blah, 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 blah. Sting comes out. And, uh, so, um, they were like, oh, you got to bring your bat out to confront us. Sting! Okay. This was the most Sting segment. <laughs> and, like, the truest, purest form of Sting. Like, if you are an old school WCW fan, then you know that Sting, with all due respect, is the dumbest fucking wrestler ever in the history of wrestling. Sting, <laughs> Sting would fall for things where it was like, we all know that Sting's greatest rival was Ric Flair. So Sting would right. fall for things where he would like, Ric Flair would be like, I'm a good guy now, Stinger, and I'm turning on the horse when I need you as my partner. And then Sting hey, would be like, wait. Sting would be like, okay, Rick, I got your back. And then obviously Rick would turn on him. And then let's not forget the year that he was a tag team partner with Lex Luger while Lex Luger was diabolically evil. And Sting would be like, hey, man, are you evil? And Lex would be like, no, I'm not evil. Diabolically evil. And Sting would just – Sting falls for fucking everything. It's Sting's character. If you followed the character of Sting, literally every fucking thing ever Sting falls for. So this week they're like, hey, Sting – Bet you can't talk to us. Okay, so first of all, it's Team Taz, right? There's like five of these guys, right? Three of them are in right. the fucking ring, right? So you know right away, right? As a wrestling fan, you see the three of them walk out, you're like, oh, okay, so this is where the other two are doing something, right? Because you know Ricky Starks ain't going to be somewhere quiet, 
Um, so, uh, they call Sting out. He comes out, and they're like, oh, I can't talk to us without your bat. So Sting throws his bat away, and then, oh, what happens? He gets the shit beat out of him by a group of guys. <laughs> you you famously, uh, 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 on your old retro reviews that used to be done on Facebook... Yes. I mean... I missed doing those. This, this was, this was a, uh, a constant through line, right? Sting? Of how the, stupid Sting was. The, it's not even like he's... It, like, at first, I thought maybe it was, like, he's a good guy and he's naive. But I'm sorry, man. After Ric Flair tricks you into being his tag team partner three times, like, you're the fucking problem, man. <laughs> like it's you Sting you're the dumb one you're the fucking problem here man so anyway Sting's a fucking idiot then they drag him off um uh he I, I will say this Cage fucking put Sting into the ground with a powerball Yes, he did. He, um, sure, he sure wasn't worried about what he was doing to Sting. I'll say that. At least it didn't look like it. Um. It. Bro, that's a 60-year-old man. How do you, like, yeah. Like, were you uncomfortable seeing that? Yes. I was uncomfortable seeing it. It was just as hard for me to watch as it is, like, watching a Chris Benoit match now. Right. Where you're like, oh, shit, man, come on. Oh, shit, come on. Uh, yeah, it was kind of hard for me to watch. Not gonna lie. Um. Then we had Tag Team Championship match. Young Bucks versus Santana or and Ortiz. The Bucks, uh, defeat Santana and Ortiz. Pretty good fucking match. Um. Um, MJF got himself and the inner circle kicked out. That's probably going to be an ongoing plot. Um, they're all kind of like becoming aware that MJF is like, maybe not the best person for the inner circle. Um, <laughs> you don't say. And so the inner circle of post-match lays out the box. Um, Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, just kind of watched. Um, so, you know, we've got stuff going on with that. Um, I'm assuming Jericho and MJF. Uh, they each, at the end of the match, put on submission holds on the Bucks. Bucks tapped, even though, you know, there was no match. Um, right. So, uh, you know, they didn't come right out and say it, but there's probably going to be a match pay-per-view on the 7th. Um, Matt and Mike Seidel, um, apparently there's two of them, <laughs> took on FTR. Um, it's just not a great match. I, I, I had high hopes for it. Um... Because, you know, I'm an FTR fan, and uh, I'm a Seidel fan. It, dude does fun stuff in the ring. I was like, oh, man, this guy and his brother against FTR might be getting a pretty fucking solid match here. So, um, no, we didn't. Even Bleacher Report was like, nah, this is just okay. Um, Post-match, the lights went out. Come back on. We got uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and uh, Tommy Pickles in the ring. And uh, <laughs> Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy attack FTR while Tommy Pickles just kind of runs around and tries to, like, you know, like get out of his diaper because Tommy Pickles loves being naked. Um, and then that's a deep cut. Deep cut on that one, if you guys were Rugrats fans. Um, also, uh, speaking of Rugrats, there's an episode of Rugrats, right? Where the grandpa was watching the, like, the four or five kids. And, right. uh, so he gets them all their bottles, and then he brings Tommy a bottle of chocolate milk, and he's like, got something special for you, champ. What a fucking prick. <laughs> like, what a fucking dick move. To get one of them chocolate milk and then be like, 
by the way, you four fucks have to just watch. <laughs> and the whole episode was like about like, by the way, and it's like, I get it. Tommy's your grandson, right? But Angelica's your granddaughter. Right. So it's just like, and don't get me wrong. She was a bitch. But like, she's three, man. Give her some fucking chocolate milk. Anyway, FTR defeats the Sidos. Jurassic Express, yeah, yeah, they're probably having a match of the next one. Uh, you know, I had someone the other day, I read, someone was like, you know, I don't get all the hate for Marco's stunt. Dude's out there just living, in, living his dream, let him be. And it's like, yeah, man, that's great, but like, if I was on the Avengers, you guys would be like, what the fuck is this guy doing in these movies? <laughs> and, I, and I'd be like, hey, hey! I am just living my dream. Oh, what if I was the president, right? And I'd be terrible president. <laughs> but it's like, I'm living my dream, you guys. Don't worry about me ruining the country. <laughs> and that's what this fuck does. That's what, like, people don't understand is like... And they always compare. Oh, you wouldn't say that about Rey Mysterio. No, I wouldn't say that about a five foot seven guy. Who weighs like 200 pounds of muscle? No, I wouldn't say that. I am saying that about a dude who's like the size of my wife. Uh, what are you, five, five, three, uh, a bucko five? Yeah, man, right? I could toss you around a bed, bro. I don't want to watch you on pro wrestling. So, John Moxley, Ray Phoenix, and Lance Archer took on, uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade. Do you want to guess who won this match, Mike? Uh, I mean, it has to be. No, it doesn't have to be. Eddie Kingston, Butcher, and the Blade. But, uh, I mean, no, you it thought, has to be Moxley. You, you, you thought too deeply into it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Moxley, Phoenix, and Archer. Um, I'm not going to say that they beat the shit out of these guys. But... They put the work on him. Um, Ray Phoenix is fucking so good <laughs> at being a pro wrestler. <laughs> like, he's so fucking good at being a pro wrestler that it's almost disgusting that they keep putting the belt on, like, these, like, uh, like, Darby Allens and john moxley's and things like that when like you've got this guy who is just so like intensely good at pro wrestling i feel the same way about pack austin um got these like guys are just like incredibly good at this and meanwhile like fucking luther got tv time um so uh obviously they pick up the win this is not a bad match if you're just looking for like a fucking brawl uh, which I rarely am, but not a bad match if you're just looking for a fucking brawl. Uh, Post-match, Good Brothers come out and attack Moxley. Kenny Omega comes out, and this is the most interesting part of the show. Um, Kenny Omega says that at the next pay-per-view, pay he will give John Moxley a rematch, but it will be a barbed wire exploding ring death match <sighs> Mike I know you've got thoughts on this let me give you mine first I know here over the last year or so we've kind of been like anti hardcore wrestling right mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna lie man I've been watching a lot of death matches the last couple months right okay that's okay uh, I've been watching a lot of like uh, unsanctioned pro been watching a lot of GCW events. Um, I'm fucking stoked, man. <laughs> like, like I don't, I, 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 I'm a buddy, Josh, man. He's like a deathmatch guy, and we, like I said, I've been watching a lot of death matches with him and shit the last few months. Just sit around, you know, uh, getting fucked up, uh, making stupid lucha libre videos and watching death matches. Um, 
<laughs> and I am very excited, man. I am very excited that there's going to be a deathmatch on AEW. Like, I've been, like, following deathmatch people here lately. Uh, fucking Matsunaga was right, man. Um, so, I am super excited. Now, go ahead and give me your thoughts. I'm curious. I'm not excited. I'm curious. I wonder what it looks like. Look, my best friend, my neighbor, uh, growing up was a diehard, diehard Mick Foley fan. And, of course, late got into his Japanese death matches, right? Yeah. And spent a lot of money buying these tapes. So I watched a lot of the this type of match, the you know, the Japanese death match. And surprisingly, it's one of those things as I got older, it just didn't do it for me anymore. Uh, I don't have the stomach for seeing barbed wire rip people up. I've said it before on here. Like it seems different when it's like, say a bat wrapped in it for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but when I see guys running and falling into no rope barbed wire, like, Oh, it just, it, concerns me for one uh for two it's just i i don't know I, I i don't get any joy out of it that being said you're pumped about it i'm gonna let you tell me if i should watch it or not after it happens how's that sound <laughs> oh yeah that sounds great man i'll definitely i'm fucking stoked for this man i've been uh um here recently um you know, I've been talking a lot recently about, on this show, about, um, overproduced wrestling. Right. And, um, I've been recently kind of, like, seeking out some things that, um, are as far from overproduced wrestling as you can get. And am I enjoying all of it? No, not at all. Am I enjoying, am I enjoying large parts of it no not at all but am am i enjoying <laughs> about half of it yes and that's all that really matters because like i can't watch raw anymore i can't i just i, just, I can't do it I, I can't just even turning it on um doesn't sit right within my stomach like i'll try to watch it and i'm like i, I can't i can't do it i can't get through it um not the same can be said for SmackDown, um, which I still really enjoy. Um, right. But that's more like character-driven uh, thing there going on with SmackDown. So like, I've kind of been seeking out these like alternative wrestling options, and um, it's been really cool, man. It's been really cool. Um, the next time you're sick and can't record, that's probably what our solo show is going to be about. Um, <laughs> but I've been seeing Are like you a lot. Are illness on me? Uh, no, I'm just, you know, next time you can't record, I'm probably going to talk about some, some of these underground indie things that I've been watching. Um, it just has more of a... I feel like I'm watching guys that... And I'm not saying like WWE doesn't, like the guys on that show don't want it. You know what I mean? Right. But it's almost like, I, this is kind of a dumb comparison for me because like I'm more of a fan. I feel like I'm watching college football as opposed to the NFL. No, I get it. And you know how college has that, sometimes gives you that vibe like, we're playing, the college players are playing for a fucking future, right? Yep. Um... And that's how I feel watching, like, some of these GCW events. Like, Josh Barnett's Blood Sport is this weekend. Um, I believe it's Sunday night. Probably gonna check that out, man. Um, uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break is next month. Probably checking that out. Um, these are just kind of the things that are interesting me with wrestling right now. Hey. You have to go where you're most entertained, right? I mean, and that's kind of 
I almost it does it doesn't leave me into how I wanted to wrap this up, but I think I can try to make the segue anyway. Um, is being entertained by pro wrestling and like man, I we talk so much about fans and and fandom and how toxic for the most part it is. Like you can sit here and you can say that you don't enjoy Raw, so you search that stuff out. And that's a hundred percent fine, right? Yeah. And that's actually exactly what you should do. But fans hating on people for signing with a company they don't like. Like, uh, immediately to Eli Drake signing and then announcing his name is L.A. Knight. Just, oh, buried, 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 buried. He should have went here. He should have went there. Like, maybe the guy should just do what the fuck he wants to do. Which it seems he's doing. Right? Yes. And maybe instead of reacting that way, be happy that someone who's in the industry you claim to love signed a contract and is making money continuing to do what they want to do. I mean, I don't understand this concept. Someone said something to Cora Jade. She had tweeted out, and this is the, if you recall, and see, this is where this feeds. Bleacher Report downgraded a match last week because Cora Jade got squashed. And I can't believe that they would squash someone who has such potential. Well, man, she's been on NXT television for all of, what, 11 minutes, okay? It's not the end of the world, okay? And this is typically the formula. They use these people right when they start out. If they don't really have much of a name, they see what they got, and then they take them off of TV, and then they work with them, and if it's something they're going to build from, they bring them back and they do something with it. But she tweeted out a thing about... It was a video, it was a clip from some of her indie stuff, and it's, she, I think she said I'm unstoppable or something like that. And then a random fan just quote tweets her and says, and now you were, and now you're a jobber. <laughs> like, what is the point of this? Maybe, just maybe, Vince and Triple H don't walk up to wrestlers and point guns to them and say, sign this contract and do whatever we tell you or else. Maybe that's not what happens. Maybe these people are adults who make their own damn decisions and go work wherever they think is most beneficial for them, be it monetarily, be it uh, whatever their the scope or goal that they have set for their career for what they personally want? I don't know. Maybe that's what happens, Mike. Maybe people are supposed to be so damn good that they just get out of the prison that is WWE, they'd be a superstar, and then they get put in their third fucking wedding angle and no one cares about that either. <laughs> so, how about we just shut the fuck up and enjoy what you enjoy and stop tweeting shit at wrestlers for who they sign with. How about this one? Casey Catanzaro got all kinds of shit for two weeks straight because there were videos of her without a mask on in public. So much so that she tweeted another video defending her damn self. Talking about how, yes, she was in the video without a mask. But they follow all the guidelines that they're supposed to follow. And that she was in a public place with a group of friends. They were eating and drinking at their table when these pictures and videos came out. And they wore the mask when they're supposed to, just as the guidelines said. And, by the way, I'm tested for work two, sometimes three times a week. So much so that this girl deactivated her fucking Twitter. Because you're a bunch of bullies. Like, I hope you feel good about yourself that you made a, 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 a I'm going to call her a young up-and-comer who's trying to get her footing in the business. Just abandon her social media because you're mad that she had was in a video without a mask and that one of her friends in that video is a Trump supporter. I don't give a shit. Okay? She explained herself. Get off it. If you don't believe her, cool. But you're literally turning yourselves into the things that you claim to hate, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
I mean, it's absolutely, utterly ridiculous. Like, I know Chris Jericho gets some hate, too. People talk shit. I know there was shit going around about his wife possibly being at the Capitol when the riots happened. Well, you know what? Unless she went down and clubbed Nancy Pelosi, I don't give a shit if she was there. She has every right to be there. And you know what? Like... I don't necessarily agree with some of the shit that Chris Jericho has said lately. I also don't give a shit. And I'm not going to send mean tweets to Chris Jericho. And at the same time, Chris Jericho is able to handle this shit. He's been in this business long enough, and he knows how to handle this shit, and also has zero fucks to give. But, like, we're, we're berating stars and indie stars for signing probably the biggest contract they've ever signed in their life, even if it's a... $70,000 contract to work in NXT. It's still probably more money than they've ever consistently been guaranteed. Get off it. And then, this is my big one, Mike. The internet ruins wrestling. Okay, so NXT ended with Adam Cole standing there after super kicking Finn Balor, after brain-busting Cal O'Reilly on the steel steps. And were you, were you caught up in all this controversy, Mike? No. About you know, this post, okay. No, because okay. you know so, I have um I've removed myself for the most part. I, yes, you have. Okay, so let me fill you in. So a- NXT went off the air with Adam Cole holding this title. Afterwards, they did a stretcher job for Kyle O'Reilly. So after the cameras were rolling, or the TV cameras were off, I'm assuming they probably filmed it because you know how they like to do those network exclusives or yeah, you know, like WWE digital exclusives. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly got taken out on a stretcher. Some fan, as far as I know, one fan that was in attendance had video of it from his cell phone and tweeted, oh my god, I think Kyle O'Reilly had a seizure. And then people were bombarding, oh my god, oh my god, is he okay, is he okay? So much so that people like Ryan Satin, Son Ross Sapp, uh... I can't remember his last name, but his name's Raja. They were all trying to get to the bottom of this. And then somehow it got twisted to... They were all saying that he's okay. Eventually it was, hey, it's part of the story. And then it was, by the fans, oh my god, WWE made him fake a seizure. What assholes. Nobody said anything about a seizure other than that fan who tweeted that video. So, let me get this straight. You're mad at WWE because Kyle O'Reilly's good at his fucking job? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, you're you're mad that they're telling a story that they sold an injury. Instead of him just getting up and walk away, they're trying to make it like it's a big deal They got dropped on his head on steel steps, and you're mad about it. Because you know too much about this man. Because you know that he has diabetes, and, and someone made an inference... And it spread like wildfire because the internet has ruined pro wrestling, Mike. Like, WWE had to come out, or Ryan Satin came out, I'm going to guess, per WWE, that it was all part of the storyline and everything's fine. Thanks for ruining it, everybody. Thanks for ruining it. Kayfabe is dead. It's totally dead. And I just don't... Like, I know it's a show. We all know it's a show. I think that... The majority of the fans that are loud and vocal forget that it's a show, Mike. I wouldn't get mad at The Walking Dead for having Glenn getting bit by a zombie and being like, well, he didn't really get bit by a zombie. Why did they fake that shit? It's a story. It's a story. I understand that wrestling blurs the lines. I understand that the people you see on TV are sometimes just turned up versions of their real life self. But damn it, man, there are stories to be told. You know how much I love it when I'm watching wrestling with my wife, who's a casual, most casual of casual fans, and a guy or girl is laying on the mat selling something, and she really thinks they're hurt? That's what's supposed to happen, guys. Like, that's the magic of pro wrestling. Like, my wife still has it because she's not deep in it. My son, who's five, clearly has it and loves it. Like... Go back to that. And if Raw isn't doing it for you, then go watch something else. Bro, and, and here's find the other it somewhere thing. else. Go find it and quit talking shit. Yes. Like, you will rarely find me 
talk shit about Raw. I'll openly tell you I don't like it. I'll openly tell you what I don't like about it. But rarely will you find me just nitpicking and shit-talking it. And you know why? You know why, Mike? You know why? Why, Mike? Because I don't fucking watch the show. And I don't fucking and care. And you don't care. You don't care. I yeah, don't exactly, fucking care. I'm a wrestling fan. And you don't fan. care. I you, don't have a bias. You don't. I do a little bit. Okay. At the end of the day, I'm a New Japan guy, right? Right. But that's if you force me to choose. I watch a lot of various promotions. And what I don't like, I don't watch. And I don't talk shit about what I don't like. Because I don't watch it. And I don't know what the fuck's going on on it. And I don't care what's going on on it. Yep. It's just... and Just watch what you watch. Want to watch. Enjoy what you enjoy. Yes, do I take shots at AEW? We both do. Do we take shots at some of the things they do on Raw, SmackDown? Everything. Yes. But we don't harp on it and we're doing it because we're trying to be a little entertaining and because there is some shit that we like and some shit that we don't like but i'm not gonna bury someone or a company or this and that and the other just because awesome i don't like them or like the decisions that they make i'm just gonna tell you how i feel and move on we have a wrestling podcast right that's the <laughs> fucking point right like yeah, yeah we might get on here and <clears throat> talk about things we don't like and discuss it, but it's a wrestling podcast. That's the fucking point, right? It um, is. It you is. will never catch me on a wrestling Facebook group slamming a product. Like, yep. The best exactly. thing you're gonna find me doing on a wrestling f- Facebook group is making fun of people in the comment section. Yep. Because usually for slamming the product or coming up with a bonehead idea. Yeah, because wrestling fans are fucking idiots. Yep, yep. And we'll end with this, Mike, real quick. From Wrestling World News, we discussed this a little bit, I believe, last week. This is breaking, kind of, as as we're uh, recording. NBC dumps traditional Nielsen ratings. It doesn't accurately reflect performance. Uh, I'll read this right from the article. NBC has decided to ditch the Nielsen Live and same-day TV ratings, stating they don't accurately reflect how the television business is changing, and specifically how these early ratings numbers are no longer representative of the performance of a particular show or series. This is huge news for wrestling fans as they cling to these Nielsen numbers every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday as a direct reflection of how their favorite wrestling show or promotion is doing. It's been stated by many in the industry that the traditional snapshot ratings is an outdated model that simply doesn't reflect the nuanced ways viewers consume media. Fox also announced back in November of 2015 that it will no longer issue Live Plus same-day ratings with the expectation of Live Events, the first broadcast network to do so. The network will instead focus on Live 3, Live 7, and multi-platform data. The industry has been chasing for a decade, and the traditional way of measuring viewership success has changed as well. This is a leading this is leading Nielsen to substantially change their rating model in the fall of 2022. There's that date to more of an all-inclusive way of tracking success. You can see the letter that NBC sent to TV reporters below. I'm not going to read that letter, but I think that pretty much clears up or should at least give people a better idea that these ratings, you know, people talk shit WWE is a failing company because their ratings aren't over 3 million consistently. That's because nobody's are consistently as high as they used to be because Nielsen ratings don't work in 2020, 2021, know, 2022, 2015, really, it started to decline, right? Uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty consistently as high as I used to be, so. <laughs> that is a tale for another podcast. Do you, guys, Mike, do you have anything do you, guys, you want to say to these fine... Oh, Yeah, do you fans, do you like the way that my attitude uh, about uh, casual drug use has degraded over the past six months to where like I'm now very I open mean, about it on this show? I've noticed it, but I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like we're getting to that place. <laughs> it's time for you guys to learn a little bit more about me. I bang heroin. Not really. No, I'm joking. <laughs> joking. <laughs> joking. Joking, kids. If it grows from the ground, 
and you don't have to add any baking soda or water to it or whatever. I don't know the recipe. Um, it's probably pretty good to go. But if you got to do some kind of like chemical math on it, leave that shit to the junkies. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty solid advice that everybody can take to heart. Guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. Uh, Mike and I love you so very much. Have a great rest of your week, guys. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network. 